What's up? Where you? you hear me? Yeah, I got you. You got me? Hell yeah. Hey guys, welcome to the CTG Nation podcast, episode 17. We're going to be doing a part two of The Decline of Man. It's going to be a little shorter this time, hopefully. <laughs> uh, so what did you think of that length on the first one, Brewer? I was impressed with it. I don't think – I think you guys covered a lot of good stuff. It was extremely long. I was not <laughs> anticipating that. I was like, okay, uh, you know, I might be able to get two hours out of this. And, um, yeah, I, like, checked the first time, and it was only, like, 20 minutes. And then uh, checked again. It was, like, an hour in. I was like, okay, we're good. We're good. And, uh, yeah, like Bobby and John had to take a piss break. Then I checked the time, and I think it came in at like three hours and 47 minutes. Well, the true, the true, the true fans will stick with it. Yeah. Well, it's already. Tied for number five for listens. Fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, so we're going to kind of build off of, which is kind of hard to believe, we're going to build off a podcast that was four hours long by accident. Um, I like some, I like some certain topics that you had in there, though. Yeah. So we're going <clears> to, <throat> kind of get brewers feedback on some of the main points from part one, maybe some additional parts um, that he would like to hit on and kind of modern brewers unique perspective is we both had pretty, pretty, you know, independent women type mother type mothers. Um, so it just, it shows that like masculinity doesn't have to come from, okay, I had, you know, one set father or father figure in my life. And that, you know, made me the man that I am today. Yeah. That, um, I actually, uh, I got interesting quotes. Uh, I actually talked to my mom and my grandmother today. Mm -hmm. uh, and I asked those questions. Just, those are questions I'd never asked them. I never right. even, even thought to ask them. And, uh, they had some interesting answers, man. I was I was actually really impressed um, with what they had to say. Yeah, so to begin with, was there anything that you wanted to piggyback off of? I know that's a classic uh, line in the military and, and first response. Anything you wanted to piggyback off of our, uh, our core points of, um, it, you know, lack of a father, uh, in the home, overall wussification of America, um, and then maybe even some of the gripes that we had from other female officers and women in our lives that gave us uh, some feedback before we recorded a couple of days ago. Yeah, actually, uh, I agree with the uh, the way you guys coined it. It's not really to toxic masculinity. It's, it's toxic humanity. Um you know, you've seen a breakdown in the family structure over the past 30 years, uh, you know, with the absence of fathers or even uh, even equality. It, it took both parents out of the home um, and 
and let those children kind of fend for themselves, not having that example, that structure, <coughs> as it was in, in the older days, you know? Yeah. Um, you know, you take, you take a woman out of the home and all those skills that she brought to the table, at that point in time, the men didn't have them. And, and they were like, hey, uh, you know, I'm not, not really good at cooking, cleaning, uh, laundry, doing things of that nature. I, 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 don't, I don't know what to do here. Yeah, yeah. I think I think that's where you saw, and then then I have those examples for for children as a whole on both sides, you know. But uh, you know, like you said, our experiences are about the same. Uh, I was raised by a single mother, um, you know, and like I said uh, in the last podcast we did, she she wouldn't accept anything other than masculinity out of me. Well, I think that had to do with her kind of, um, I don't know, I don't want to put words in your mom's mouth or anything, but sometimes you know the kind of person that you either want to be with, or in her case, that she wants to create, um, yes, you know, which, so. would be, <laughs> which I guess would be the opposite of your biological father. It's like, oh, well, I'm going to make sure that Brewer doesn't end up like him. Yeah, and, and I had a great example of what not to be. <laughs> so, right. you know, I knew right. what I didn't want to be. She, uh, <laughs> you know, just a little backstory on my mom, you know, uh, and not, not trying to get too personal, but, you know, she was, she was the only girl out of, uh, she had three brothers. Um, she's the only girl. They're from Philadelphia. She's Italian. So she's got a strong uh, heritage behind her. Uh, and she's, she, you know, she's hard-nosed like most Italians are yeah. um, very, very strict kind of, kind of upbringing, uh, Catholic school and all that stuff. So, so she had, you know, deep rooted morals, you know, anyway, to start with. But I asked her today, this is funny. I asked her today, I said, uh, I said, what's it take to be a, a single mother to raise, to raise, you know, a strong man? She said, number one, balls. <laughs> <laughs> she said number two uh you have to be an understanding person but not a pushover and she said number three you have to maintain a constant between uh the number one and number two so that was her answer it was simple but which is has always been her it was simple but made complete sense to me yeah and then uh <clears throat> She, uh, her and my grandmother both said that, you know, the end goal in, uh, in raising boys was they wanted to raise a respectfully independent man. And, and, uh, you had to set standards and, um, expect that standard to be met whole, like 100% for there to be confidence instilled in that, that individual male, uh, to hold themselves accountable to, to achieve that goal. I was, I don't know. I was, I was pretty impressed by the way they articulated themselves. Um, and it made, it made complete sense to me, you know, because. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, you are that product. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, I owe everything to her. You know what I mean? I mean, I had, I had my grandfather. I, I spoke about him that, uh, that first podcast we did together. And he was a great role model. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> Taught me a yeah. lot of things and still a lot of discipline in me, um, but you know I didn't live with him full time. I lived with my mom, so right. She uh, 
she did both jobs, man. And that's all. I was a hellion coming up. So she, yeah. she had her damn hands full. And, she, you know, I had two brothers, too. And they're both as crazy as I am. So. <laughs> well, I mean, that's pretty common in the service world. <laughs> yeah. She's a she's a teacher, man, and um, you know she's dedicated her whole life to children, to kids, and educating them. So, yeah, she's got it down pat. She's got a science to it. Yeah, that definitely makes a difference. Because there's um, some parents we'll deal with on calls, and they'll just be like, "Well, I mean, the dispatch will come through, and you're it's like, oh, they're twelve year olds acting out." 12 year olds showing out mm-hmm. and, <laughs> and I know your response in your head is probably the same as mine. And you're just like, well, they're 12 beat that ass. That's, yeah, <laughs> I've, I've said that. Cause I can't take them to jail. <laughs> no. uh, I said that to a lady the other day, her 17, you know, they changed the juvenile law here. Now they're a juvenile strictly up until they're 18. You know, mm-hmm. 17 is not the gray area anymore. Mm-hmm. And uh, she called. It was a Sunday morning about two weeks ago. She called and said, hey, my, uh, my kid just tore my house up. Um, what can I do? I looked at her. I said, dead in her face. I said, uh, ma'am, you're, you're his mother, correct? You're biologically his mother, yes? Mm-hmm. I said, ma'am, beat his ass. She was like, <laughs> yeah. she was like uh, <laughs> uh, I can do that? I was like, yes. And yeah. then the day he turns 18, if he's still giving you problems, Go get an eviction and be done with it. Yeah. She was like, I, I, I thought I could get in trouble for that. I was like, I don't know where that came from. Yeah, I don't either. I, I mean, I had, uh, I had like heard of it and like you hear stories and they're, uh, oh, the kid would call DSS on the parents and they would get the parents in trouble and just DSS would believe 100% wholesale of everything a child told them and not multiple adults you know in the household and the family that know what's going on and um yeah i don't know i don't know what caseworker started that but I, yeah i don't know if it was like uh, a bad i don't know if there was like a bad batch of dss here in south carolina or something or uh, i don't know a, yeah that doesn't happen and, and i've that's, never it's like i told her i said ma'am ma'am you have every right to beat his ass i said don't knock teeth out don't leave face, bruises on his face Mm-hmm. You know, and don't don't send him to the hospital for broken bones, uh, and you're you're good. <laughs> right. I mean, I mean, that's why uh, you know spanking somebody's rear end exists. Yep. Like, this is gonna sound fucked up, but you're not gonna see marks on somebody's ass. <laughs> no. You know what I mean? It's not like you're beating their face in, or you know any moderate to great bodily injury (laughs) i think that 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 goes back to that lack of accountability uh being held and and you know there's 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 a couple of factors that have come into this and and if we're speaking of males in particular um you know because i'm sure we could do an entire female segment as well uh i actually had that conversation earlier with my sister-in-law and my wife and and uh, mother and grandmother and my stepfather we we had a long conversation about both sides, male and female, and the breakdown in society that has caused such a disconnect uh, 
pretty much socially, sociologically, that it's it's nowhere near what it was 30 years ago. And, um, you know, I, I think that that lack of accountability is the root cause of every bit of it. You know, it's it's uh, it's interesting. You look at the look at the technical tech technology and what it's done and, and how it's progressed over the past. Just let's say a decade. Um, people don't have to have conversations anymore. People don't have to go to the library anymore to, to research something. It's at the touch of a finger on a screen and they can read anything. They don't have to have any kind of human interaction. So they don't build social skills. Right. Mm -hmm. And they don't build critical thinking skills out of that. They don't mm -hmm. have confrontation. And, and, you know, as well as I do, confrontation, if mediated correctly, builds character and respect. And, and you know, you, you gain that cultural aspect of everything because you see different perspectives. And you it's just like the old saying, oh, we used to back. Day, we used to go out back. We'd fight and then be best friends after we'd shake hands and be done with it. That don't happen now, man. Mm hmm. I, I just, no, they'll they'll fight, and somebody will come back with a gun, and then somebody innocent gets shot, and not even the person they're targeting. <laughs> I mean, we see that all the time, right? I mean, they just had. Well, we're recording on the uh, the thirtieth, the Sunday before Memorial Day, and and we'll get uh we'll get into that at the end of the podcast. But uh, they just had that bad shooting in Miami. You know, I think they said over a hundred rounds were shot, and what two people dead, and as of right now, and twenty or twenty plus injured. Yep. Like, was that person just targeting the whole damn club, or like what was that about? Yeah, I don't even, I don't even know. Was it just one person, and all of a sudden he hits twenty other people? Uh. That's uh, it, it. It was probably some emotionally driven individual, um, who who does not know how to manage conflict or confrontation, and you know the only thing he's ever seen is an act of violence. And yeah. if, if you look at it, everybody in the past ten years have been extremely desensitized to violence. Uh, I'm I'm an this is going to sound odd, but I'm an advocate for violence. If Harnessed and used correctly, it can do a lot of good, right? Mm -hmm. But when you fly off the handle and just start shooting people for no freaking reason, yeah, what, you're no better than 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 a coward who preys on children. Like it's the right. same in my book, right? Right. Well, I think most people that um, listen to this podcast and ones like it <clears throat> right now, now down the road we might get a more diverse crowd and we might have to explain this a little differently down the road or if we get questions about it down the road. But um, everybody that's on here is a firm believer in, in violence of action. Mm -hmm. And man, I can just give you so many sources, stories, uh, you know, books, all that. We even, we even got into books on the, on the part one of this where to be a good man, you got to be a educated, violent man mm -hmm. because that's who gets shit done. 
and having that capacity for violence, that's the only way you combat violence. Yeah. You know, know how to use it. Yeah. Yeah. Which most, which most people don't know. You know, and that, and that, that, the way people act out, um, <laughs> that, that emotional immaturity, uh, I call it because but I, I, I want to say this, you know, being emotional, uh, having emotions, feelings, that doesn't make you less of a man. It doesn't make you less of that, that dominant male or whatever. That's a natural human being response, right? Knowing how to utilize it and how to work through it and not act on that is, is where you set the precedent and where you take that step above as as that you know alpha male or dominant male whatever you want to call it um i, th I think that's that's what kind of sets you apart yeah that's, i mean uh, that's a scary a scary part of that is there are groups of people out there that believe alpha males and just general masculinity uh doesn't have a place in the modern world. It is scary. Um, that is, that's got to do with, I call it followership. Uh, it replaced leadership. Um, people have taken the easiest route possible. Uh -huh. They like that comfort side of that. They, they like being in that bubble. Mm -hmm. And they stick with it. And they yeah. cancel out everything else that's yeah. opposed to it. Yeah, people take it, they take it too far. There's certain parts of my life where I do get lazy or I don't put as much effort into it. It's just not a priority. Or there, there has to be like a set kind of balance of my obligations what's important to me and how much you know blood and sweat i'm going to put into something right um everybody that knows me knows me which at this point is most people that listen to this um you know my almost all my time and energy goes to my job and my babies uh so my job, my babies, and then in my job, I consider all my CTG stuff my, my job also because I have independent goals outside of law enforcement. <clears throat> but, you know, raising my kids, um, having a good relationship with their mother, being a good officer on the road, and then building my business, like those are, I guess you could say those are like my top three. Uh, not necessarily in that order, depending on what day it is and what I got going on. Uh, but but you know how to balance it. Right. And that's one thing that I came back to continuously during part one of this was balance in nature. Like I'm... I'm low-key, like, kind of a hippie. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, because not everything can be 
uh, you know, one of those three things all the time. And I can't give a hundred percent to all three of those at one time, plus whatever else somebody thinks I should. Right. Uh, and I mean, I think that's a mature, you know, that has to deal with maturity and for us being, being a man, a mature man, responsible man, educated man. Uh, I mean, fill in the blank. So I think that, that I, and I agree with, with balance and nature. It all falls back to accountability. I'm going to keep going back to accountability because there's a huge lack of it right now. Um, yeah. And, and I, so I thought, I thought really hard about this and I asked, uh, Again, I asked my mom and my grandmother and my sister-in-law, who are my, – my grandmother's a retired educator. My mom and my sister-in-law are both educators at, this t- at the time, at right now. And, uh, you know, they had – every one of them had the same answer, and it was parents don't instill accountability. Children get everything they want. Mm-hmm. And every one of them had the same theory separately. This, this like, I asked them in separate situations. Every one of them said uh, parents feel guilty because of the situations they put their children in, and they just give them whatever will make them happy at the time mm-hmm. because they, they don't have it in them to, to like, instill that, that tough love side of things. Like, right. you know, hey, tough shit. Uh, you got an hour and a half till dinner's ready. No, you're not going to eat right now. You're going to go do your freaking homework or whatever. You know, it could be as simple as that. Yeah. You know? One is what's stupid is I know like when we go out on calls, you know, you and me are telling older parents that. Oh, yeah. Like why am I telling an older parent that? Mm-hmm. Like my babies are, aren't even four yet, and I know that. I don't even have kids, bro. <laughs> and I'm telling like, people how to raise their kids. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't it doesn't make any sense. Like most of the people I deal with are like twice my age. Half the time we have to parent them too. That's another thing. Yeah. You know That's I why hate- that's why I don't give in to the kind of the generational thing. Um you know, oh the millennials, oh the boomers. It's like no shittiness you know, covers <laughs> multiple generations. Yeah, the, the, the stereotypes are just, they're just a scapegoat. That's all yes. it is. Yes. That's all it is. And, and men, men as a whole, I think that if men, just on that topic, um, you know, because I got a lot of opinions, the alpha beta thing, and, and, you know, you get a lot of guys out here that, for lack of a better word, they, they like to peacock. They peacock around and beat their chest and, Usually the loudest one out of the group is going to be the most beta. Like, they're the most uh, neurotic, like, inside their own brain, thinking those insecurities and thinking they have to make themselves look this certain way. And the, the typical stereotype is the guy in the UFC shirt with all the tribal tattoos drinking a monster. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> like, like that's, that's that beta guy that, that portrays that alpha alpha mentality when in all reality 
your alpha male is going to be the quiet one in the back of the room watching, just kind of doing his own thing, even killed, doesn't have to peek out, very secure in himself, confident, which there's a, I think people don't see the line between confidence and arrogance anymore. And I think that's something. No. I, I think that's something that. No, I know that you and me have been accused of that. Yeah, constantly. And, and, yeah. Oh, yeah, I, um, yeah. and I. <laughs> there was a job. I think it was just one in particular. And uh, I want to say like four out of my five references that this place contacted um, in their discussion with whoever contacted them uh, the word cocky came up <laughs> from four <laughs> out of those five people and I was like I was like fuck man like we're, we're out of college now the real professions, you know, real job interviews, like serious shit, like places with retirement and 401k, like learn how to fucking church that up a little bit, <laughs> you know? Um, Cause my quote cockiness comes from my experience and training. Right. That's, confidence you want somebody with confidence when you're in a stack about to do a high-risk warrant absolutely you want confidence when you're on the far side of the county by yourself going to a domestic violence call with minimal information yeah you don't want to look over at at your partner and say hey you ready to you ready to do this shit and then say uh I don't know. Maybe you want that motherfucker that looks back at you and says, "Hell yeah, let's go, motherfucker." Yeah. And that's that's uh, you know, there's a like I said, there's a blurred line now, and everybody's like, "Oh, he's arrogant, cocky, know it all kind of stuff," and I'm, whatever. I don't even pay attention to it. It is what it is. I, you know. Yeah, I mean, cockiness is just like it's it's just misguided and kind of. Well, I kind of put cockiness and peacocking together. Um, you know, because it's all show. There's no substance to it. Exactly. Like, substance to cockiness is confidence from training and educating yourself. Absolutely. I don't feel the need to prove myself. So I don't have to go and tell everybody what I can do and how I can do it. You know, it's, right. I just do it. it and, and then once you're out there and you do the job and people are like, oh, fuck, he really does know what he's doing. Yeah. That's it, you know? Yeah. I think the the biggest, my biggest pet peeve with the whole decline of masculinity and the, the wherever jealousy and insecurity came in, I understand that they're natural human reactions to things. But where men started letting that drive them, I, I haven't pinpointed it yet, but that is, it is a huge, I get so aggravated with that because it, 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 it came from a lack of drive and motivation, right? Because I, I think I said it uh, in the last podcast, maybe like if I see somebody that's better at me at a certain skill or a certain tactic or shooting or 
medical skill or anything. Drive. It could be driving. It could be freaking CrossFit. It could be anything. I'm like, dang man, I got to get to that dude's level. It's not a, a fuck that guy. He's, he thinks he's better than everybody. You know this, that, and the other. It, like I try to learn something from him because well, people don't like competition anymore. I don't understand. That's healthy. I don't understand that. Yeah. I don't know. That's that, the only way you get better is through competition. That's why we literally compete in everything. So, it's. I mean, um, the, I mean the, the naked for Christ's sake. Like, <laughs> <laughs> that's about yeah. as raw as it gets, man. <laughs> Yeah, thank God that doesn't exist anymore. I, I'm I'm comfortable <laughs> with myself, but I'm not, you know. Yeah. Yeah, jujitsu is enough, bro. We got clothes on, we do yeah. that. But it's like, it's still, you know, I got some sweaty uh, guy's chest on my face. It's yeah. weird, you know. Well, side note, did you see, uh, I just saw this article come up today. Um. Oh, yeah. D- yeah, you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Was it Michi- Michigan that tried to pass a... Uh, it was probably, it probably wasn't just the bill. It was probably inside a uh, maybe s- some type of police reform bill. Yeah. And one of the requirements was for everybody on the road, or not even anybody on the road. Like if you're a certified law enforcement officer, I believe it was in the state of Michigan that they have to be a blue belt in BJJ. Oh yeah, yeah. I'm, and that's I'm, I'm all about it. Yeah, dude. It you know that's like that's like. You know where I train at. It, it takes two years to get there, so that's that's some extensive training, man. It takes two years to get to blue. Yeah, dude. There's in not general. many. Yeah, the, in 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 Brazilian Jiu Jitsu itself is not many belt. No, uh, there's only like five. Yeah. Right so oh. you go. Yeah. So so you know where I'm at. You're a white belt for two years before yeah. you move up. So it's it's uh. It goes white to blue. Yeah. And, okay. So you're looking at at least, you know, from my perspective, I haven't trained at other gyms, just the one I'm at, but that's two years of freaking rolling, dude. And like, yeah. you learn a lot. Like, like I'm ready. Well, at- two year, from what I've seen and told, like a two year, uh, you know, BJJ uh, tactician yep. is. I mean, they're they're so far above the normal population. Um, it might have been Jocko that said something about, dude, like a one-year white belt is a dangerous motherfucker. Mm-hmm. Yeah. In general, now within BJJ, like, you still gonna, get your ass. Yeah, beat dude's gonna get yeah. his shit pushed in, like yeah. on the reg. But on the street, I'll tell you this: the I went from just minimal martial arts training when i got into law enforcement like i I think i did ta- taekwondo for like three years when i was a kid mm-hmm. pretty much just grew up street fighting you know i had brothers i ran with a rougher crowd in school and stuff and and you know i just you know we we fought it is what it is so i got into this like my first couple uses of force were, were straight up street fights and uh you know i went from doing that to training i started training last july um BJJ and the past couple uses of force I've had, you know, beyond the the one incident, you know, at the other. Anyway, 
Mm-hmm. Um, you know, just, just the, you know, the resistant arrest kind of things. Yeah. The confidence that I had in that uh, without having to throw hands, like with just, just manipulating somebody and, and, and putting them in handcuffs was, I was so calm. It was, I didn't even recognize myself. Like I was just, I knew what to do exactly when and how I didn't hurt anybody. Like it was just, it just happened. Yeah. And, and I think it's a great thing. I, you know, if, if that kind of police reform came down in South Carolina, I would be all for it. Yeah. They, uh, they, I, I don't know. I, I know, um, if you look at the Gracie school, they, they push it out the law enforcement. There's a couple schools here in, locally where I'm at that they give the first, I think it's the first year to law enforcement for free. You just, yeah, I think I've heard of that. And there's like, it's cleared through certain schoolhouses and stuff. Yeah. I think I got a boy in, uh, kind of on the other side of the state in the PD area where I used to work that, that brought that up kind of recently. And I was like, I was like, Hey bro, just give me the details. Give me some of the schoolhouses that do it. Um, because for what everybody's charging, I personally can't afford it. Uh, so, but if they're going to give me a free year and I got, you know, a year to, you know, get my funds right where I can pay them. Absolutely. The, the, I'm lucky where I'm at. Um, they charge just half. It's half off for law enforcement. Uh-huh. And there's a large group of law enforcement guys that go in there. So they, they uh, do impromptu classes on the weekends for cops that, they derive from law enforcement tactics, handcuffing. Uh, they call it handcuffing under power, which is a canine term, but um, all it is is, is a modified uh, technique, like a modified Kimura, where you move into, you move into handcuffing. And it's, mm-hmm. it's, man, I'm telling you, dude, yeah, I'm a huge advocate for it. I don't know why it hasn't, because Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu has been around forever. And I don't know why it hasn't been brought in the law enforcement world as a whole because, you know, earlier than now, because of how safe it is. It is honestly a safe. Yeah. You're not causing damage, but you can control somebody. Yeah. You know, you can take, like for me, I walked in at 220 pounds. My first day in the gym, I walked in and I had a 120-pound dude just wipe the floor with me. Mm-hmm. And I couldn't figure out how he was doing it. I know now, you know, but techniques and leverage and all that fun stuff. It was awesome. It's, it's an awesome thing. I'm glad we we had the rabbit hole at least one time. So I'm glad we went down that one. Yeah. There's that little rabbit hole. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Anything else that you wanted to add to from kind of the first half of the last episode. So kind of the, I got my, got my notes from part one out here. Yeah, that's what I was reading off of. So I've I've hit everything that I that I'm marked. You guys hit a lot of stuff, right? You know, you hit the nail on the head with a lot of things. And yeah, I think it got, you got, it got you, extremely deep, man. I was. You guys did a good job. So you had yeah. some. You had the good. You had good people to interview on that one. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, John. Um, any episode with John is going to go long. <laughs> uh, no pun intended, but. Um, so I guess the, the kind of second half was kind of some notes I had, um, from some female officers and 
friends and family friends on our side. And there was a couple of those where, you know, I didn't have another cop at the table. So it was kind of, kind of limited. Um, so I'm just going to go down that list again and see if I can get kind of your perspective or if you have, you know, the females in your life in and outside of work that might've said something else about it, or you can just give your two cents about it too. Okay. Um, was male complainant calling in for non-criminal problems and usually those are revolving around the civil process or family court (laughs) so with family court man i i can't uh (sighs) i'd be careful how i say this (laughs) i think that this is my opinion as a man if you create a child you are rely you are responsible and that child is reliant on you until the day they turn 18, and you better be paying child support. Now, having said that, family court, a lot of times, is extremely confusing to understand. Um, so when guys call and they're like, hey, man, I don't, I don't really know how to go about doing this. And if I can help them, you know, figure out so they don't get a stupid-ass warrant so they can keep their job mm-hmm. and, you know, and, and go about it that way, that's one thing. But when I got a guy that calls in and he's like, my baby mama won't let me see the baby, this, that, and other, and, and they're like, oh, uh, well, you know, when you ask, well, when's the last time you saw him? Well, I, I ain't really, maybe twice. Maybe, like, the whole time the kid's been alive? Yeah. The kid's four. Well, you've only seen him twice? Yeah. Why are you calling me right now, dude? You haven't, you haven't, you, you have to make the effort yourself. I'm not going to help you with any of that. And I don't even know why they call cops for that reason. It's just yeah. because baby mama pisses them off. That's all it is. Yeah. They get pissed off about something and want to call us and i tell people all the time i was like i was like this is a non-criminal situation and this is not my job um at all now now, (laughs) depending that being said i mean i still help a lot of people with a lot of non-criminal issues i try or at least i try to um you know because i'm not a family court lawyer i'm not involved in the civil process Um, but I try to give them direction. Like I know most of the time where they need to go, who they need to call. And then that's up to them to have that initiative to take care of their problem. Um, the badge will not solve your non-criminal problem. Um, Mm -hmm. now if you deal with your non-criminal problem the wrong way, then I might get involved down the road. That's usually revolving around, you know, harassment and, domestic uh situations but here here they are acting off of emotion again instead of instead of being able to operate through confrontation you know no and i mean and there's been so many cases where we'll come back out to a call not even not even necessarily that day or that shift but just you know later days weeks it's like oh well um you know did you take care of that no you call to i tip well Okay, so we're still in the same place we were a month ago because you didn't take the advice I gave you. I know. Uh, oh, I just, well, I know. Yeah. What you think I'm gonna change my mind, or did you just call again because you wanted to get a different deputy out here so you could try to get a different answer? Like, don't be a shitbird, bro. 
Yeah, people like to use the use law enforcement as a whole as a as, they, almost they, as intimidation. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Like because my last apartment, this department, uh that my first apartment I was with, we had more of a formal, you know, the LAPD blue uniform. But then the probably half my time in security. Uh, and then the department I was with when I got back in and then where I am now, uh, depending on who's rolling up, they're going to roll up in a black car. Uh, you know, we have, we wear black polos. We have black outer carriers. Half of us have beards now. Like we're kind of intimidating and scary looking to some people. Um, so I'm not there to intimidate somebody. Because just on pure appearance, for some people, I will. I will. Yeah. I mean, once they get to talking to me, like it's usually usually chill. But, but you know, the guy in all black and the badge and the gun is not meant to come there to intimidate anybody for a non non criminal situation. And I'm, you know, I'm like you. I, my last shift, I actually had to to walk somebody through the the probate process. You know, they had just lost their sister. They didn't understand how to how to file the paperwork to get put as executor over the estate and and all that. And and they were having problems with their family, which is why they called us. You know, the family was going in and out of the house taking stuff. And I, you know, I explained to her, "Hey, you got to go file this paperwork so you can get placed as the executor." From that point, it gets halted, and it gets decided in probate court who gets what. You know, and I don't have a problem explaining that process because a lot of people who haven't ever dealt with it, they don't know it. Now, that's mm -hmm. not our job. You know, mm -hmm. that's just that's the civil side of things. But, you know, you know, through experience and whatnot, I, I have a little bit of knowledge of it and I don't mind passing that along. But if they had called me out there and said, I want you to make them get off that property, I would have been I would have said, uh, sorry, I can't do that. Um, have a nice day. You know, that kind of thing. But instead, they approach me with questions. Hey, I'm not really sure what I can do here. Can you can you tell me? I'm good with that. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And that's, you know. But but with male complainants, because I like the whole <laughs> the prowler call, you guys check the area, check the property call that you guys uh use an example. That that cracked me up because there's <laughs> Is that There's, the one where <laughs> you're talking about when we went down the rabbit hole about how you're going to clear your house? And stuff? Yeah, yeah, with the music and everything. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I'm not calling the cops to do that, dude. Are you serious? Yeah. Come on, bro. Dude, we get so many where it's like, oh, I heard a bump outside and I'm scared to go outside or even like look out the window or I'm just like, what? <laughs> like, you don't, <laughs> okay. Yeah, I mean, it could have been a raccoon trying to get in your trash, like. Like if it's the if it's if it's grandma, you know, that lives by herself and. Right. Okay, I will definitely check your property out. Yeah. If I walk up and dude's standing there and he's got his he's got the the Viking beard and everything with a man bun and I'm just like really <laughs> the man bun. You know, I mean, you know, the typical like they look yeah. like a ba a freaking lumberjack, but scared of everything yeah absolutely not dude you yeah scared to handle their shit yeah 
it's a that's it's an interesting dynamic. Yeah. Um, next down the list, and we kind of already covered it was over spoiling your kids. Uh, yeah. No, and then the and then the other the other side of that is being too harsh, um, which is we do not see a lot anymore. Um, yeah, you kind of hear about it, and yeah, see it in the movies, like, oh, I had such a strict dad, and like, I don't really see that on calls anymore. No, I don't but even we see. Already, yeah, but we already we already hit on that and creating spoiling kids and them not earning like anything. No, <laughs> you know, getting, you know, there's. They get the squatted trucks. They get the new iPhone. They get all this shit. It's like, golly. Yeah, that's it's the dumbest thing I've ever seen. Yeah. <laughs> I, like, oh. Uh, mm. Yeah, it's it's annoying. Um, next one we had was being scared to discipline your kids. We already kind of hit all of that. Um, anything you want to add there? No, I think we covered that one. Yeah. Um. Walking the walk and not just talking the talk. That was peacocking like we were talking about earlier. Um, checking property. We already hit on that. Through all these other ones. And other ones are more like female specific. Yeah. Um about masculine expectations and but like I said most of the most of those notes I got from here's and I'll weigh in on masculine expectations grew up no mother what example do they have to know what expectations to, to want out of a man so, are they getting, you know, are they seeing what's on TV? Are they, what, like, what are they seeing? I don't, that's, that's my question for that one. I'd like to have. Yeah. We could probably have somebody on here. I mean, this will be revisited. I think it comes up pretty periodically anyway. I just wanted to have a full-blown episode about it. But, yeah, that's all I got on uh, Yeah, man, that, I, that, I, that second half of part one. Yeah, I think you guys covered covered everything, you know, and I, I just wanted to weigh in with the, uh, you know, with, with kind of the – my mom's uh, outlook on it and and, you know, how she went about doing her thing and, like I said, it was disciplined and strict, and that's where it, you know it worked. So, yeah. Did you have any more notes from them? You said you had like some quotes and stuff. Uh that I quoted them. The okay. <laughs> literally ball standing and <laughs> a constant balance between the two. That uh, <laughs> yeah, that was it. <laughs> that was I the got quote. You. Jeez. <laughs> Man, I don't know. I'll probably, um, I'm pretty sure I'll have my mom on here. 
because uh, she's got a little bit of a side hustle and kind of on the preparedness homesteading side of things uh, nice. to kind of to kind of go along with um, what was that episode 15 two episodes ago yeah, um, that was a good one. yeah so she's she's all about that she's you know got the garden and the chickens and the canning and you know they got a little little mini farm down in Georgia which is cool uh, is there anything you want to wrap up with on the decline of man on your half of things? That's it, man. Just, uh, just don't, you know, to all the guys out there struggling with their manhood, don't be a bitch. Yeah, don't be, don't be a bitch, and don't run like a girl. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, I, lo- I love, I love that story. Hey, true story, bro. Yeah, I run like a whole ass man now. A whole ass man. <laughs> Awesome, awesome. Well, the other big topic, of course, is Memorial Day. Yeah. Um, we always, you know, we don't have people that understand it. Um, they just kind of see it as having a a long weekend. Um, but people should know Memorial Day is for the ones that have fallen for the country veterans day is for the ones that are uh, currently serving or still alive. Um, We just did a post on this today. Uh, Bobby did that one for us. And he was not joining us tonight because he's got some other stuff going on and I don't know if he would have been able to get through it anyway. Right. Um, and I do not believe we have talked about this on the podcast, but he has lost a few of his brothers um, that he served with. Um, one of them was very recently, very local. Um, and it was somebody that you wouldn't see it coming like at all. But he had internal battles that, that he lost to ultimately um, that some people maybe didn't understand or, or he didn't talk to uh, talk to anybody about it. Um, and he ultimately lost that. However, his name is on Brad Keselowski's car at the NASCAR race right now. That's awesome. Yeah, it's on the it's on the windshield. Um, I don't know how often uh, Brad does that, but he has an organization called the Brad Keselowski's uh, Checkered Flag Foundation. Um, and they reach out to the families and do fundraising for them and they highlight their service members, uh, you know, life and family and they help them out, um, with, with bills and stuff and make sure the kids get into schools and it's just helping that fallen service member. So. I believe.
believe they had Staff Sergeant Miles on his windshield. Let me see. I'm actually going through the pictures right Yeah, They had Staff Sergeant Miles on the windshield of his uh, Keystone Light Ford Mustang. Um, and this race is right up the road from us in Charlotte. Um, but I'm just going to read our post on Instagram real quick that that Bobby put together today and it kind of took him a while because this was one of his close buddies that he deployed with uh, multiple times. So, and this is me speaking as Bobby. This Memorial Day weekend hit me a little harder than before. As I sit on the couch, checking the polls of the NASCAR race where Bradley's name is plastered across the front window of the number two car, hoping for nothing more to see Staff Sergeant Miles take the checkered flag. I would give anything to be able to line up the Charger against the Mustang for those bragging rights we joked about. And Bobby's a Ford Mustang guy, and Bradley was a a, a Mopar guy, like, all the way, and had a disgustingly awesome Charger. Anyway, back to the uh, back to the post. So this post was actually about two people. He's had two people that have lost their internal battle with service. All right. So getting back to the post, uh, this other individual Sawyer, you taught me a lot about life, how to be a better friend taught me that life is a cruel and crazy mistress. And you brought the rest of us closer together to all of those that paid the ultimate sacrifice you have my utmost respect and gratitude. Thank you for giving me the opportunity to live in this amazing country. And that's the end of the post. And we have a lot of pictures up there from, um, from Bobby overseas with Miles and Sawyer. And then Brad's car up there in Charlotte. That's awesome. Yeah, so that the last sentence I think is the most important in there for everybody. Um, some people struggle with this day more than others. Um, uh, you know, Bradley was probably the closest one uh, to me so far. Um, we had hung out a couple times and he was quickly becoming kind of part of our friend group, uh, you know, in our little area in the Midlands down here. Um, so I personally have been very, very lucky. But I think the biggest part to, for people that struggle with Memorial Day, you know, losing, you know, a literal brother or sister or a service brother or sister is living for them. Because we all have our different reasons for serving. It's family, country, God, queen, whatever for our British people. Who knows? Um, <laughs> but I know anybody that died for this country would not want you or anybody close to them uh, moping around hitting rock bottom, possibly also taking your own life. 
and not enjoying the best country ever. Right. That they sacrificed everything for. Right. That's, and I think it was Marcus Luttrell that said it. I believe it was on Friday. Um, He said, remember what, what, what Memorial Day is about? But throw a freaking party. Instead of just throwing a party just to have one, throw throw a party in the name of a service member who died in you know in service to this country, because right. you now have that right because they did that right. So right. name it after them and freaking live it up because that's exactly what they would want. Yeah, and we in my family that's how we were with. Um with just funerals in general. It was a celebration of a full life. Right. Or, um, I mean, for every funeral or loss that I've dealt with, they've always been older and had a full life and children and grandchildren. And, you know, I can't speak on, you know, maybe somebody that had somebody die younger, but it was a celebration of that life. Not, a morning of that life uh, because mourning forever is not going to help you or anybody. No, it becomes, but, it, you forget how to, you're stuck in that cycle. Right. Right. Um, because man, I get sad and thoughtful <laughs> in my head by myself uh, enough. You know, where I don't... I don't need any additional days to feel sad or down about something. No, you know, I'd, rather, um... I'd, rather, I'd rather celebrate somebody than, than just stay in the dumps about it. I think, uh, and and I think you hit on it earlier. But with with who listens to this podcast, um, I think everybody knows the meaning behind it and what it's about. You know, for those that that don't know, and and I think I actually shared your your post. Um, I reposted it about the whole enjoy your long weekend thing that came out mm-hmm. from. Mm-hmm. Yeah. For those that just see it as a long oh, I get Monday off work. Just take take five minutes and, and research somebody that that gave up their entire life so you could you know? Yeah. Um it doesn't take long. Like and, and it's just an example here and, and most of the people in my gym are are great and like individuals. There's a couple who have no idea why we did Murph this weekend. No clue. They don't even know anything about Murphy, right? So I, I take that, you know, and you can, you can call it cheesy or whatever, but I take that workout seriously. And the entire time that I do the workout, I play his Medal of Honor citation that President Bush read on repeat the entire time that I – and to me, that it just means a lot, right? It, it – 
it's just that that service, that sacrifice. It's the whole reason behind it, right? It's the whole reason you do that workout and honor him. And and some people don't understand that. So to be able to reach somebody that that doesn't have that understanding and and kind of change their mind and, and make them think for five or ten minutes out out of out of Monday that somebody well there's a lot of people that gave up their <coughs> their life so you could have the right to sit out on the lake and drink beer all day on Monday you know what I mean mm-hmm. I think we need to get back to that because obviously the leadership in the country is not doing it Yeah, the Medal of Honor citations are amazing. Yeah. The I don't know the process of who writes that or if there's like kind of like a set template and like set words and how the uh you know how those are written and the delivery and what they're going to sound like when they're read out loud. All of them are motivating as fuck. They are. You know, all the branches, whatever. I know during the crucible on Paris Island, which is our culminating event from everything we learned at boot camp uh, that every Marine goes through. uh, Different parts of the crucible were named after the famous Marines. Most of them had uh, the Medal of Honor. Um, and you would have to read the citation before you began the exercise. And it was, it doesn't matter how tired or fucked up you were, uh, or on the verge of a heat stroke like I was, like, it still gives you goosebumps and motivation to, you know, get done what you got to when you're out there. I mean, I think just, um, just educating yourself um, of those actions of ordinary people who did extraordinary is is enough to open open your heart, you know, for lack of a better term, to to the greater the the things that are much bigger than yourself. I guess is is the best way to put it. Yeah. Your service, uh, what we were talking about, you know, having some kind of service, community service, volunteering somewhere, do something that's bigger than you, right? Yeah. Nobody does that anymore. Yeah, and most of the people we deal with in first response don't, you know, they just don't have that, that purpose. Yeah, I got, I got uh, you know, I got some good friends that, you know, well, you obviously, but, and, and you know, Thomas is better and Corey's better. I'm the only one that's not, really. Um, I got a, one of my best friends that I work with that we we kind of follow, I follow him everywhere he goes. Like, like, he was at, he was at the first agency first, I went there, and now he's at this agency I'm at now. now I'm there, but he, uh, he, he served in Marine Corps. Uh, his belt and uh, his his wife actually posted today um, 
I don't think he did it. His wife did and posted the four guys that they that they lost that he was in with and uh, that they knew personally, you know. Mm-hmm. And and I know for him, he's and and I'm not gonna say his name or anything, but because we had we you know we had these conversations, but there are days where he he just dude, there's some days, man. He just like you said, he's in his head, mm-hmm. and uh, and and just seeing that firsthand, not even experiencing that firsthand, you know, but seeing it for me to to appreciate and and to want to, you know, honor that. And I think if more people instead of saying oh no that might upset me or that might make me feel something you know i don't want to not feel i don't want to feel bad i think i think if people would open their eyes to that 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 it would change a lot of things in this country that people would appreciate it a lot more yeah because the post his wife put out today was just it was incredible i mean she had a lot very good with words anyway which i suck at them so yeah. <laughs> the way it flowed, you know, I was just like it. It, it, it was it was very well written, well put together, and and it was from the heart, you know, because they knew these. She was friends with their wives while they were deployed. You know, they they spent a lot of time together, and and it, it just, you know, it hits home, for lack of a better term. Yeah. I don't know. I don't. I don't know if it's a difference as I haven't experienced it in the military. I don't know. I'm sure, but I understand a sense of it. I've lost somebody, you know, in line of duty, you know, that I serve with at my, just seeing first and then, you know, wearing the same uniform, belonging to the same line of work and the same agency and division and everything else. You know, that, that was, that was tough. That was that was something hard to deal with. So I'm I I can imagine that ten times being in the military and serving, getting shot at every day, you know, dealing with that kind of thing together. The bond that it'll create, you know, between between uh, you know, Marine soldiers, uh, you know, whatever branch you're in. Um, I can't imagine that bond being broken, losing. You know, you losing that end of in that capacity. Yeah, yeah. Cause I remember when I first got back into law enforcement. Let's see, how long was that back in? It was just a couple months, and I went to two funerals. Mm-hmm. And it was very emotional. And um, one was in the county where I was working. And I had never actually met the guy. Like, I saw him on a call, like, once or twice. Um, And then I was there when he had his accident. And then the second one was outside the county but close to us and I'd never met him but he was uh, from somewhere where some of the officers that worked with me were from and uh, that one was a very large funeral 
in kind of the convention civic center in that part of the state. And I mean, shit, I fucking cried at both of those. I didn't even know them. Yeah, man, it's, uh, you know, it's, it's, um, part of the job. I'd say that part of, part of anybody that swears an oath, it's, it's part of that line of work, right? It does, it's not easy. That, that's, it doesn't make it easy, but. Yeah, it's definitely part of the burden. Just and getting back to Memorial of, Day, it's, it's, yeah. um, it's something that, as I don't sullen and you know, like you said, this is it's a celebration of life. It's a celebration of it's an it's a it's to honor those, not not be downtrodden about them. You know, it's to raise your glass to them and 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 thank them on the other side that that made that that cross that bridge right. So, yeah. talk to anybody who swears the oath. And, and and knows what they're getting into, knows what what you could face at any point in time, you know. I respect any and everybody that does it. Yeah, I just wish there was an easier way for you know some of us that are still here, still still around, um, to help the people that do struggle with it, to help them. You know, find them, make that loss a motivation. I think that's something that comes from within. It's, yeah, it's not a, it's not an easy equation. No, it comes from within, and you know, having, you know, having isn't it? Motivation isn't there every day. Motivation because it goes discipline is what gets you through. Mm-hmm. But when you're in that mindset, when when it brings you down, when it when it brings you down to that rock bottom, that's when it can. People understanding that will fix a lot of things. Will pick you up out of the mud. But getting somebody to embrace that is the tough part. Like you said, that's the. It takes you. You got to dig down deep. For that's um, that's something that that if there's there's no magic trick to that. It takes a lot of raw raw intensity and guts. Yeah. Yeah. No, it could be hard because I know. Kind of when it comes to dealing with, uh, dealing with deaths or a death call in our profession, um, you know, there's some officers that that deal with it better and can help the family or whoever's on scene, and but there's just parts of it that I just, I wish I could help people more than I could. <laughs> it's just. Because our uh, our coroner and deputy coroners are fantastic, and 
you know, I deal with, you know, kind of our procedural part of it at the sheriff's office. And I get all the facts and pieces that are, you know, needed on my end. And then I just kind of go to the side and just kind of help the corner when he tells me to do something. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, so main takeaway from Memorial Day is you need to, there's time for mourning, but it needs to be limited because it will absolutely poison your mind. Absolutely. And, and I, you need I, to turn that into celebration and motivation. Definitely. Definitely. Remember. Absolutely remember. But don't don't let it bring you to that dark side. You no. know, when you when you feel the darkness coming on you, that's when you turn it into fuel and you you do something productive. You know, you don't have to spend all day trying to bottle freaking get out there and build a freaking flag standing in your front yard put their name on it or go do the freaking murph again or just go run a 5k in their name or mm -hmm. like be productive with it don't don't let it drag you down because that is for me to see that warrior those brothers go from being that kind that hard charging hardcore just blood sweat tears and eat barbed wire for breakfast kind of person to get drugged down and you you watch them just fall apart like you know that's not them that's not their true self right so there's a way to get just they have to be strong enough for themselves to and freaking keep on charging. Yeah. I don't want to sound like I'm being judgmental either. I felt like that was judgmental. I, I'm no, not being no, judgmental no. about it. <laughs> no, man, you're good. I mean, there's some people that respond, uh, you know, better to a little, a little more tough love, and some you gotta put the mittens on and leave the mittens on a little longer, but. You know, situational. All right, man. Was well, there anything, anything it, you want to add and add, or as we as we wrap this up with the uh, decline of man two, and then kind of hitting on Memorial Day and our personal views on that, and some some brothers close to us. I oh, mean, that's that's all I had. I appreciate you having me back on. I want to say. Um, you know, thank you again, and and uh, you know, to those listening, hey, uh, absolutely enjoy your weekend, enjoy your day off tomorrow, but freaking do it in honor. Look it up. You all you gotta do is Google for KI and find a name in five minutes and make your day about them. That's it. That's yeah, all I'd say. Yeah, I like it. All right, guys. Well, hope you enjoyed that kind of a addition to the decline of man. A little bit on Memorial Day, which I know with our audience right now, we're preaching to the choir. 
Um, if we got a further educator, if anybody has any questions, don't be afraid to reach out to, uh, to, to either one of us. We're, we're most active on Instagram. Um, make sure to like, share, review, and subscribe. Everything Carolina Tactics Group and everything on, uh, on the Valkyrie side of the house. Um, you got, you got any update? You got any updates with Valkyrie stuff going on that you want to uh, toss no, out man. There? We're, uh, oh, rocking and rolling right now, brother. Uh, just wrapped up stop the bleed month. Uh, th- we did a mm-hmm. bunch of classes, a bunch of stop the bleed classes. Mm-hmm. Um, rolling into June. I think we got a couple of things scheduled. Then we got a big course coming up. I think we have some guys from the Midlands coming up actually. Okay. Um, it's about half the class is actually your old agency, the one you started with, okay. um, take, taking our K9 uh, TECC class. So, okay. um, yeah, we got that's a big class coming out in G, uh, July, excuse me. And, uh, yeah, we just got them rolling out, man. It's, like I said, it's growing. It's This thing's blowing up. So we're just trying to keep up with it right now. Yeah, I want to try to get out to that, uh, to that July one. Uh, I don't know. I can only plan so far. <laughs> no, yeah, I get it. <laughs> yeah. All right, guys. Well, with um, I always have the same kind of closing line with like, share, review, and subscribe because that's the biggest thing for small local companies like this. We don't like or either don't have the funds to do some of the uh, you know sponsored ads and even some of the stuff that we want to put out there as paid ads. Um, we're kind of limited because of who we are and what we do, um, that can pertain to firearms, law enforcement being more on the right side of the quote unquote political scale than the left. Um, so a lot of that paid stuff is kind of hard to come by. So when you share our stuff that gets all of our stuff in front of more eyeballs, organically um and when you do that you never know it might get in front of the right person maybe an investor another potential team member um it could just grow your viewership i mean i know we've had that happen a couple times and i'm sure you all have had that happen at valkyrie too you know the right person shares your stuff you're going to get 200 300 people uh you know new followers over like a week like we have had that we have had that happen (laughs) So the last time that happened, we got shadow banned for a little while. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. So we're coming back out of it. No shit. See the lights. Yeah. So using lights go up again, but we couldn't figure yeah, out what we were, was going on. And yeah, and it, we were we were stuck in the seven hundreds for a long time. Yeah, it, I, that's I would the say only probably thing, about a year. The only thing we could figure out. So yeah. Um, you know, it worked. Now it's coming back out of it. So I don't know. Maybe I have to tell that yeah. guy not to share our stuff anymore. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, who knows? Um, kind of one thing on the horizon for for us, and I've mentioned this before, is um, growing the female audience. Yes, I got a, I got a couple plans uh, to do that. Some people we're gonna sit down with, uh, you know, and then try to get more female officers, first responders, just in general on the show um yeah i heard you usually you plug from up here um yes yeah i work at the same agency as her husband uh, right and and i plan on interviewing her as well on the the valkyrie podcast so 
Yeah, that's a that's a great idea. She's awesome. I don't know if you've ever uh, spoken to her. She she's got some great great ideas, man. So well, she's got a great page. Yeah, yeah, which is yes, like uh, that, I think her page be is, good. her page is bigger than both of ours combined. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, she's she's big, man. Um, yeah. So so she's uh, yeah, that's the good one to have on. She'll she'll increase your audience for sure. Yeah. Yeah, that's kind of like our our big goal right now is the is the female audience because you always see um, you know podcasts like ours or similar to ours. Um, you know, the viewership is always like in the eighty percentile male. Yeah, <laughs> um, I, I mean, want it to be. I want it to be a little higher. <laughs> yeah, um, I mean, you know, my wife can only stand listening to me talk for like a certain. Imagine why we don't we <laughs> if we don't have you know so yeah. I I get it but. yeah I don't know I mean I'll 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 fight that fight a little bit and do a little catering to get the female audience up I'm okay with that um because I kind of view it as it, it, you know a good wife or a good girlfriend or it doesn't even really. It, have to be a wife or girlfriend just a significant other if a good significant other you know can get their partner by the ear and look at our stuff follow our stuff take some of our classes and um you know so they can educate themselves and be be a better tactician of their job Uh, i mean we should do it absolutely we should definitely do it so all right, guys. I well, hope you enjoyed. Um, if you got any gripes, complaints, or positive reviews, feel free to hit us up on Instagram. That is the easiest way to get a hold of uh, of both of us, really, because you're uh, you're admin for the Valkyrie IG group too, right? No, just on Facebook. But uh, you tag me in every one of these, so my that goes to my yeah. personal IG page. Yeah. All you got to do is message me on there, and I'll answer. Yeah, because you can message anybody without, you know, following them or they follow you or Yeah. Some people message me, I'm like, How did you even what? So now I'm just like, whatever, <laughs> dude. Just you got a question, you got a gripe, just hit me up directly because we'll we'll get back with you. Um yeah, absolutely. Yeah. All right, guys. Hope you enjoyed. Till next time. See you, brother.